Welcome to another episode of Saturday Night Combos. My name's Ashley, and this is my cousin, confidant, and co-host, Reagan. And here we like to discuss things that are going on in the world. And what's going on in our own lives. Nothing is off the table here. So pull up a chair and join us for another Saturday Night Conversation. Hello, people of the internet. Welcome to Season 2, Ashley. We're just going to call this season two. That's the name of it. Um, season, two. season two of Saturday Night Convos. Yay! And people, you don't know how hard we had to work to even get to this point tonight. <laughs> I am not going to lie. We will tell you this. Oh my gosh. I will start off with a story. So um, I um, am technologically disadvantaged i want to say um just in understanding technology and so a couple months ago my headphones that i got with my iphone died just you know i'd used them enough they decided that they they no longer wanted to you know like the just the cords like so i bought like a bluetooth headset and I was like, oh, perfect. Um, however, my computer isn't set up for Bluetooth because it's like six years old. And so when we started podcasting, I bought just a pair of headphones from the source. And apparently it gives off a bit of an echo. And so when we decided to do season two... I went back to the source, and I now have a gaming set. <laughs> um, however, trying to connect the gaming set uh, and get it going was quite a... It was about a 35-minute ordeal. Legitimately 35 minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it would be 10, so good times. So happy Saturday night, y'all. Um, we hope your week is going well. Um, yeah. So we are so excited to be back, and we have so many different topics that we want to discuss over the next, you know, ten or twelve weeks. And we mm-hmm. are so excited. We think some of them will be really interesting. Others, you know, engaging and. If you have anything that you want to add, we'll just say this right off the bat. Email us. Find us on Instagram. Connect with us because we would love to know what your perspectives are on the topics that we are covering for season two of Saturday Night Combos. We are excited. Uh, So tonight's topic. So today, this is really relevant because today is World Mental Health Day. Um, Yeah. October 10th is World Mental Health Day, um, which we've talked a lot about mental health because it's impact, right? It impacts everybody differently. Um, I've talked a lot about anxiety and depression. Um, so I think the fact that, again, this goes out in a week, but, you know, still. It'll, I think it, the, yeah, it'll be the, just as relevant today as it will be in a week. Exactly. And the fact that we're recording recording it on World Mental Health Day, I think it's really cool. Um, so I looked at the Google Trends for the last, uh, like, six months, um, especially around when, like, COVID hit um, around the end of March. 
and just like like uh the covid or sorry the google trends for um just mental health and like right around like the end of march start of april um the searching for mental health had a spike which i thought was really really interesting and it had a spike in like none of it uh the yukon northwest territories which i thought was pretty interesting and then it continued to have spikes wow yeah yeah so well, interesting I mean, it, it, it wouldn't really be a surprise because it would be something no. right but mm-hmm. it's interesting that especially up north right i mean yeah they really didn't get as hit as hard as the rest of the country so no none of it just had i think its first two or three cases in the last like month and a half really yeah they didn't have cases for the longest time yeah yeah wow but i thought that was pretty interesting yes yeah very interesting indeed and then I also found this really cool study that uh, was done by the Mental Health Resource Canada um, that said one in five Canadians has been diagnosed with a depression since the uh, pandemic started. Wow. I know. Isn't that interesting? So it's really, really relevant. Like, it's a really new study. Um, and just it's really more and more people are saying, yes, I'm having this happen to me. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that is interesting. What are your thoughts on that? Well, see, I always think about how mental health has become such this, like this, this huge focus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember 10 years ago, when and i only bring this up because it's relevant 10 years ago when my mom died i was dealing with my own depression and anxiety mm-hmm. but mental health the topic the conversation around it was just starting yeah like, the bell let's talk day was literally that was the first year of it and was now it, is it in its 10th year already mm. i should know that okay yes yes and literally now all you hear about especially with like little kids right and you hear all these diagnoses uh, anxiety depression you know ptsd all of this like conversation around it Mm -hmm. which i always find really interesting just thinking that you know 10 years ago when i started having these things i didn't know what to do because i thought i was really weird and I didn't really want to talk about it because I didn't want to be put on medication. Yeah. Now, I mean, medication, it's not, it's not if that's what works for you, great. But doctors freaked me out at the time. Yeah. And, you know, I thought, like, if I go on medication, well, then I'm going to be, like, this crazy person. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just always amazed at how, like, the, the evolution of the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's come into more like um, I guess like trending areas. So like if you think like sports leagues, hockey, baseball, football, they all talk about mental health, right? Mm-hmm. Entertainers talk about mental health, right? It's very front and center now. Whereas ten, 
10, 12, 13 years ago, that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. That is really, really true. Yeah. Like, their entertainers are a lot more open about their struggles, and mm-hmm. they're normalizing it. They are. Oh, absolutely. So. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Which I think is really positive. Mm-hmm. So, that's a really good point that over the last 10 years, really, there has been, it's it's been a really big change. It has so. been. Now I will say I don't I don't know if you get this, but I feel like there are times though where it's just used as a scapegoat, right? If you think of, like about those like those big world events that somebody does, the first thing they do is blame mental health. I think even from like big world events to like. Um, like, I don't want to say all youth, but, um, I, 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 I know of, a a particular youth who, um, it was, I don't know exactly how to word it, but there was, there was consistent, um, periods where she would just blame it on, or blame things on the fact that, like there was self-harm tendencies um so there was things like that where um i think we need to look at the big picture yeah um instead of like a lot of people go through this yeah like right now like one in like one in five people are dealing with this and I think we need to normalize it and yeah. not just blame it, like not just blame everything on the fact that yeah. this is happening. And I think the more that we normalize it, the more that we can see that other people go through it too. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And the more that we center on it, um, the more I think it brings us down. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, particularly in that situation i think it was more of like i can't do that chore because yeah <laughs> um but i think definitely right that when it's depression and anxiety yes like unless you're in that particular situation you can't understand it and then i also got a really interesting stat from the states because i find the states really interesting especially right now with everything going on with trump and COVID. (laughs) and i also find west virginia really interesting because i just with everything with their overdose rates and everything i do find it really interesting um so obviously mental health issues have increased during covid we know that um you know with social isolation and all of that fun stuff um so an average weekly data for june 2020 found that 36.5 percent of adults in the u.s reported symptoms of anxiety or depressive disorder up from 11.0 percent in 2019 wow isn't that like, this is a study done through the Henry J. Kaiser Family Foundation. So, from uh, 2019, it was 11% up to 36.5%. I feel like, obviously, there's some other factors that are influencing that. Mm-hmm. But that seems really... High. So, that's like 3 in 10 people are saying that they're experiencing symptoms of depression. Or depressive, yeah, depressive symptoms. 
Wow. That's insane. Oh. But, and when you think about it, like, their, their rates of mental health would be even more than us because they've been going through it longer, right? They've been dealing with job loss and yeah. health concerns and everything for so yeah. much longer. And they, right, they also, they're, um, we have CERB here. Yeah. They don't have that. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's concern about job loss. There's. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, kind of, it's kind of crazy. Sorry to cut you off. It's, it's kind okay. of interesting and crazy and probably not that surprising when you really think about it, but how much mental health is influenced by all the other factors in your life. So mm. your job, your income, your relationships with your family, your health, all of that influences your mental well-being. Yeah, it does. Right? It's really, right, if you just think about it, right, say you're a single mom, you know, you deal with some depression or whatever anxiety and you're like just trying to balance it all and then all of a sudden your job is potentially you know influenced and it's just right it's a balancing act and when you don't have that time to focus on your mental well-being it's yeah i don't know it's like you're trying to carry all of these balls and then when one kind of falls down, mm-hmm. when you're not able to keep on juggling the, the ball of your mental well-being and it just starts to slip yeah. and you don't have the time to focus on it, it's just, yeah. I don't know. I thought that was really interesting and like they talked about the suicide rates and everything and how like Wisconsin was one of the high, like just, I thought that was I don't know. It's really, it's really, sorry, sorry. go ahead. Go ahead. I keep cutting you off today. I'm sorry. I think it just speaks to society's view of how you're supposed to live your life too, right? Like if you're Mm -hmm. that single mom and you have all of this stuff that you're trying to do, Mm -hmm. like that's just expected in our society, in our Western North American society, that yeah. we have 20 things going on all at once. Yeah. Whereas you look at a place like in Europe where they're more laid back, right? They, mm-hmm. take, they take siesta. They close in the afternoon. Which I would totally be okay with. Yeah. So actually, I'm interested. You have a computer there. Look up and see what the rate of mental illness is in Europe right now. Yeah, I can do that. Absolutely. Because it's so based on how society, right? Because we, mm-hmm. we're followers, right? As human beings, we follow the pack. Yes. It does say there is an article that says mental health is costing Europe a lot. Uh... Oh, I'm just I'm just curious to know if it I mean lower in general it's it would obviously be higher right now but yeah so there I found an article that says more than one in six people in European Union countries have a mental health problem mm-hmm. um, so uh, Wow. That's surprising. Um, so this is from... What year is this from? 2018. So the one that's surprising to me 
is that the highest is Finland. Really? Yeah. Which, as like a, like it's a like a, I wouldn't say it's like a socialist country, but it's it's a Scandinavian country. Yeah, (coughs) but they are northern, right? So when you only get, although Norway, I'm surprised wouldn't have higher rates comparable to Finland, right? uh, Is Norway on here? Just give me a second. Norway is on here, so Norway is the third highest. So that's not really surprising, right? So it's Finland, Netherlands, and then Norway is tied with France. So they break down anxiety disorders, depressive disorders, alcohol and drug use, bipolar and schizophrenia, and then others. Yeah. So, But, but in general, you've got... One in five in Canada, one in six, three three in ten in the U.S. and one in six, yeah, in Europe. So one in six is actually right, like, yeah, and they're they're accounting for alcohol and drug use, which technically alcohol and drug use, like, they're it's more normalized over there too. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Go ahead. Just pull down your mic just a little bit. You're breathing into it. There you go. Perfect. Asthma. I breathe a lot. I know. <laughs> and I breathe heavy. I know. I know. It's like um. But yeah, I found that interesting. Yeah. But anyways, like what we were saying, society does play a big role in right in the way that we deal with things and live life and the way that our mental health is affected. And it really isn't surprising that Finland and, you know, the Scandinavian countries are at the top of that European list because no. of the environment that they live in. Right. No. Yeah. You are right. But it's, it's that holistic approach, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know. I, I, I'm always amazed by, you know, the way that even in, our physical health everything is interwoven right Mm -hmm. well it's like they say trauma like trauma even if you don't show that you've you've experienced trauma it's like in your body absolutely you it's how you move and it's still there yeah for sure so yeah so I have a question. Would you agree? So like COVID burnout, like even if you're like, if it's somebody that's worked in ER, like, would you agree that COVID burnout is affecting populations different depending on their socioeconomic status? I would so, say so. Like, do you mean like, um, look, like, for example, people who are in lower wage jobs would be on the front lines more so than a person in a higher wage job who would be working from home. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or a doctor or a nurse working in a hospital. Absolutely. I think, and studies have shown that, I mean, lower wage or lower income populations, you know, they're mostly minority populations. Mm -hmm. They tend to get, they tend to have high, have had COVID or will get COVID more often than other income level earners. Um, and I mean, they work in the grocery stores, they work, you know, they, 
they do the garbage removal they work in the factories 100 percent. i would agree with that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no i agree with you on that um i also think right like for individuals who are of a higher socioeconomic status they have the the ability not to return to work if they don't want to yeah so they have that extra cushion they have that um that choice yeah so that's very true i know somebody or i know friend of a friend or whatever um she didn't want to send her kids back to school but she had to go to work so you know she's dealing with uh the struggle of constantly checking on what the numbers are in the schools and because she's working to support her family. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, do you think the social stigmas surrounding mental health will be lessened due to the normalcy surrounding uh, depression in the age of COVID? So, we're talking a lot about mental health right now. So, but there's still a lot of stigmas surrounding, not just like, like anxiety and depression has been, like it's a topic, it's a topic that a lot of people are talking about, but still like um, mental disorders like schizophrenia, uh, bipolar, there's a still a lot of stigmas around them. Do you think, in general, social stigmas will be lessened after COVID, or do you think those stigmas will still be here? That's a hard one, because those stigmas have been around for so long. Mm-hmm. I don't think, if you're relating it back to schizophrenia, bipolar, or anything like that, I think those are very still niche topics mm-hmm. and the stigma from those isn't easily removed. Whereas like you said, anxiety and depression, and even I, th- I feel like PTSD is becoming more normalized as well in the mainstream media. Yeah. Those things are ease more easily accepted mm-hmm. as being normal. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, you're right I think it's I think we're the more right the more we see something the more we hear about something like in terms of anxiety and depression it's I don't think it's okay that that it's that those are normalized and like schizophrenia and bipolar and um like the other ranges of I can't think of what the words are um, are not normalized because so many people have to deal with them and be afraid of discussing what their, um, experience about what their experiences with those diagnoses are. Um, so my hope is that with, um, the normalcy of mental health, it will get better. Right. So you're, you're a social worker, so you have a lot of background in this. So how long, like if you're saying that these things will become normalized or you hope they'll become normalized, how long do you think it would take in like uh, terms of like number of years to have these things mainstreamed more so? 
I think the more that we do like walks, then the more that right there's so there's walks for like there's suicide awareness month. I think that's this month or there's a week in September. Um, so the more that we do walks like that, and the more that we um, just do like uh, Facebook campaigns and that kind of stuff, the more that you discuss what people go through. And I think in the next 10 years, hopefully, yeah. people won't just stare at people who are going through like schizophrenia like i've watched a lot of ted talks of people who have gone through schizophrenia and who have been diagnosed young and um i don't know i'm hoping in the next 10 years hmm. Interesting. so yeah because yeah. it's 2020 like like yeah again people who were experiencing mental health um, we're institutionalized until 1960, and look how far we've come in 60 years. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. So, for sure. yeah. What are your thoughts on it? Again, again, you already said your thoughts, but what what are your thoughts on like a timeline? Well, as I said, I think it'll take a long take time. time. For mm -hmm. these niche sort of things, right? Mm -hmm. Because they, I mean, I don't know how many people a year get bipolar disorder, mm -hmm. but it's not as high as the percentage of people that experience anxiety or depression, yeah, right. So it's not like every person that you pass on the street corner yeah. is experiencing the same thing that you're experiencing, right? Yeah, exactly. As a right. Like, right like right now you walk down the street and every person you pass in the past six or eight months has likely experienced an episode of anxiety or an oh. episode of depression that's true or that feeling of hopelessness because mm -hmm. the world is turned upside down and right side in yeah so i personally i think 10 years is generous but Again, I don't have the background that you do in um, the mental health field. So, Again, right? Like, we've all, right? Like, one in five people in Canada right now have been diagnosed with depression since yeah. the beginning of the pandemic. And I think, right, if you've experienced or if you've been diagnosed with schizophrenia or bipolar or... ODD or whatever you've been diagnosed with, you've experienced those feelings. So I think normalizing mental health in general is just the start of it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Did you want to talk about anything else before we go into our own experiences? I don't know. I will just say I work in the schools, so <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of people wearing masks and stuff and you know you just have to think about like the way that this will affect especially this generation of kids mm -hmm. um just like their mental <laughs> well-being and also their social and emotional well-being but how mm -hmm. will this affect them in 10 years right will their way of thinking have been changed so drastically that they're kind of a I, kids are resilient so they're not going to be afraid but they're just going to look at the world in a different way than other generations have because of this <laughs> i think and there'll be a huge like knowledge gap as well but that 
doesn't have anything to do with mental health. My point is, is that everybody's experiencing this right now, and it's everywhere. And it, it'll just grow to be a bigger problem. Like, right? I mean, mental mm-hmm. health isn't going away. Mental health problems aren't going away anytime soon, right? So, no. Yeah. And even like, we were. I'm doing a group project right now, <laughs> so on youth and um, just like the waitlist. So there was wait lists before COVID mm-hmm. to get testing. and um, But what are those wait lists going to look like after COVID or mm-hmm. during COVID? Um, so, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. It's a really, I, 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 I feel for youth who are in school and like the feelings that are like resonating with them. Uh, I know like, my four-year-old is just like I don't want to even say like hyperactive but has a lot of just just feelings yeah and I really just have to like sit him down and just we talk about feelings a lot yeah well it's good that you have that open dialogue yeah yeah because there's there are I mean not all parents, but there are some parents out there that are afraid to have that conversation, right? Yeah. And that easily oh. just kind of sweep it under the rug. But I think, as I said, in the next 10 years, this generation of kids, their way of thinking is going to be completely altered. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hopefully they come out of it for the better. And like I said, they're resilient, but they're going to see the world in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. It's a unique time. It, it truly is. It truly is. How have, you know, we're talking about mental health and we're talking about COVID and, you know, I look like a telemarketer in my gaming headset. Um, How have your experiences um, over the last seven, seven, seven months? No, we're almost up to eight now. Okay. Wow. Um, how have your experiences over that last eight months, ex- you know, affected your mental health, changed how you have done your daily life? Like, how have your experiences been? Okay, so let's break this down because I'm a I'm a I'm a structural person. Um, so gen- in general, um, the whole going into quarantine thing didn't really that didn't really phase me because I had already dealt with that it was the not being able to go anywhere or do anything that was that was my problem and that's where a lot of my anxiety came from and then compound that with being laid off I've never been been laid off before Mm -hmm. I experienced the um the uncertainty with that right a bit about i mean before serb came out i was like well how am i going to pay my car bill how am i going to pay my car insurance i don't have a lot of bills and i'm thankful for that but that was still a huge weight on my mind um so yeah so i dealt with a lot of anxiety and then compound that with having my dad home and i love my father <laughs> I do, but he's 
been a man that has gone to work for well he's worked at the same job since i was born so let's say 28 years right and in the past 10 years he's gone to work every day and i've 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 had the ability to you know if i'm home have the house to myself so i can think or i can have that quiet time or i can do my work or i can do just have my space Mm -hmm. right so with him in the house that space that i had suddenly became a lot smaller and all of a sudden he was always there asking where i was going what i was doing who i was talking to and it just got to be a lot yeah right and i found myself like even still honestly it's been almost eight months and i'm still not completely adjusted because he's just he's always there he's and that that for him that's his mental health right because he he for the probably not the first time but he was forced to you know he had he realized he was having anxiety because of this covid thing because it was freaking him out Mm -hmm. and the implications that getting this virus could have for him Mm -hmm. so just dealing with that has also been a lot um yeah (laughs) what was your what was the second part to that question what are things that you did to you know deal with that anxiety or um okay so steps you took i okay well oh i'm all tangled up okay so i've talked (laughs) a little bit about this before um i spent a lot of time in the woods like i have a wood screen on today too. i know right (laughs) i explored forests and parks all around southwestern ontario and honestly it's one thing that i that coming out of covid that is like one of the things that i want to keep doing that i want to purpose myself to make that time to do because i have found that going into the nature going into the woods and just being the only person there and being with my thoughts and being in creation mm-hmm. it's just a really good grounding experience for me it is right to be like i'm just one person in this big world and there is all of this stuff around me and it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be okay. So I spent a lot of time in the woods. I got back into photography. I picked up my hobby again. And I started mm-hmm. documenting that on the internet. So that was kind of cathartic for me. Writing has always been cathartic. So I did start mm-hmm. writing some. Um, and then I wasn't necessarily. So I had mentioned before I got laid off in that really freaked me out so i was at a point where i didn't know what i was doing right when you're i mean you're we're both 28 so we often these 20 something people we often have these pictures of where we're supposed to be in life but when that picture doesn't match up with where we are and we comparing <sighs> ourselves to our peers yes we get freaked out Mm-hmm. and that's oh where, yeah that's where i found myself because i'm like i'm 27 i was 27 at the time <laughs> you know i'm living in my father's house i don't have a job right now because i'm laid off mm-hmm. 
you know, what am I doing with my life when people my age are buying homes and having careers and doing all this stuff and having families and kids and all this stuff? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I need to figure my shit out. So, you know, I sat down and I'm like, what do I want to do? Where do I want to go? And I went back to school. I'm applying to, you know, a master's of audiology program for next year in teacher's college. And I still, I still think I'm crazy. I there are still days where I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? We're all a little bit crazy. But at the same time, I'm like, I want to be able to have a career. And if this is the path towards that career that I find to be fulfilling and purposeful, well, then this is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So that was a big answer, but that is basically all that I have done to try and cope with my anxiety during this time. It was a good answer, though. Thanks. I didn't even get into going back to work, so. (laughs) Yeah, but that's, like, a separate answer, because you went back to work in the schools, so, like, just preparing for that probably took... Well, you know what? I was excited. I was excited to go back to work. But then when reality, when, what is it, rubber meets the road and, like, reality comes back, right, I have found myself struggling with, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you go into, like, somebody was telling me today, you do the same job, but you have to take 10 different steps to get from point A to point B because of all the protocols. Yeah. And you're constantly in your mind thinking, okay, who am I around? What have I touched? Mm -hmm. Do, like, is my mask okay? Um, Right? Like, what's going on all around? And it's exhausting. I know. It's exhausting. It makes me almost think, uh, like, of how we used to be. Mm -hmm. And, like, because I worked, like, one-on-one with clients like I was around people all the time and like we never thought about that so it's such a different way of being it really is yeah no I in the past few weeks I found myself exhausted at night like wanting to go to bed at like 9 or Mm -hmm. 9 30 when I usually go to bed at 11 yeah right and just not fully being happy because there are so many other things that I want to do, but I'm trying to live, right? It's that one yeah. foot in, one foot out, trying to get back into things when you've been forced to sit and rest and just mm-hmm. be yeah. such a long period of time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's very... It's a unique way we are living right now. It really is. It really is, yeah. 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 So how did you deal with your stress and the whatever the rest of the question was that I um, heard? Let's do uh, you next. This will be fun. <laughs> um so kinda like you, I was like when schools kind of closed, I was actually laid off from my job. So, which, you know, worked out well because my son was home. Um, but for me, I 
it just, it hit me. I don't, it wasn't just COVID. It was the fact that I was laid off. I've never, again, been laid off from a job. It hit me. Um, so I was, it, I was fine being home. <laughs> like, I just laid around watching it, right? Like, I didn't yeah. do a lot. We couldn't go out. There was no parks open. We didn't see anybody, right? Like, so that was, it was fine for me for about a month. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of started getting to me. Um, I feel like I was definitely a little bit depressed. Uh, not only just because, like, COVID, but because of, like, I lost my job. Like, that definitely hit me. Um... <sighs> So that was about a month and then like I started like we started seeing people again uh, about a month and a half in. So that was until like middle of March mm-hmm. and then like it slowly started getting better. Um, like I started exercising that started helping. Uh, I definitely gained weight. Yeah. Fifteen. It's yeah. It was like the quarantine twenty five. That was fun. (laughs) Like, not gonna lie. I just like the first month. I just ate chips on like like I was. It was it was a really fun time. Uh, lots of chips and um, yeah. It just slowly got better. Uh, I ended up applying for my master's in social work. So uh, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm doing my master's in social work. I'm also homeschooling my son. Um, And then, like, towards, like, during the summer, uh, we did bike rides and we did lots of stuff outside. Uh, So I think more when the summer hit, it just kind of was like, okay, I might as well enjoy this this summer. Um, But, yeah, definitely the first couple months was just, I just felt like shit. Um, yeah, yeah. Sure. like the first month I was like, oh, might as well just binge watch this on Netflix. Um, but definitely towards the end of the summer, I was like, let's go do this. Let's go for a bike ride. I was definitely enjoying my time at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm now working again, which I'm enjoying. Like I'm really the kind of person like work thrives me. Like I love working. I've been working since I was like 12 Again, I've lived on a dairy farm, so it was basically expected. Um, but I've always had a job. So that it, not having a job really kind of defines me, not in probably not in a healthy way. Um, so I'm really excited to have a job again. And, um, but yeah, like it was probably like exercising. I'm back at the gym, which I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. And um, just being outside and, like, going for bike rides and stuff. And I saw a few select friends. Yeah. Went for walks and stuff. I know you walked your dog a lot. Yeah. I did walk my dog. How do you think, um, because the second wave, if you're in the United States, your first wave hasn't really ever ended because cases haven't gone (laughs) so, like... 30,000, but whatever. Um, but here in Canada, at least, and in Ontario, we are expecting, the sec- or we, we're not expecting, we're experiencing the second wave of coronavirus now. Yeah. How do you think as we go into 
the winter right because you mentioned like getting out and seeing people and i found that made a huge difference for me when i started seeing my friends again yeah right because you don't realize it right people can be challenging at times and you don't always want to be social you don't always want to be outgoing yeah the human connection is huge it's huge and it's very real and it it benefits your mental health since we're talking about mental health Mm -hmm. enormously so as we're going into you know we're in october now so october november december january february march here in canada that's winter season so Mm -hmm. how do you think um you know people maybe not always having a choice to spend so much time outside as they do inside how do you think that will kind of affect you know will there be another rise in mental health or will people kind of have the tools in place to be able to deal with the things that they might experience i'm not sure in all honesty i think they i actually one of the articles i read um it was basically saying that I don't, I don't remember if it was the one in uh, the article in Canada or the U.S., but it was basically saying, or actually it was the Canada article, but it was basically saying that individuals who were diagnosed with like a mental health disorder like schizophrenia or whatever, or uh, bipolar, were not continuing treatment since, since the pandemic. So, um, you know, when you add like winter on top of that, um, I I think we will see a rise in mental health. Yeah. Um, and then once you add COVID on top of that, I think our numbers are... I don't think winter's going to help. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know, then, I, know that, I, I know that gym equipment has been flying off the shelves. It's like the new toilet paper. Yeah. But people definitely know that they want to be active and that's a form of coping. By, yeah. Like, in terms of like being able to socialize with people, right, mm-hmm. and get outside and do those active activities. If you're not a skier or a snowboarder, mm-hmm. you're kind of like between a rock and a hard place with things to do. Yeah. And like they just announced that they're closing gyms, and I saw uh, Toronto, Peel, and Ottawa. Yep. So. And I know they're worried about closing gyms in Windsor, Essex. So I actually am thinking I'm canceling my gym membership. So <laughs> I don't want to, but like, I'm like, I only go once a week. It's not worth it. Yeah. 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 I can just work out at home. Well, especially if COVID's going to be around for a while. Yeah. Yeah, but it's also your your getaway time, right? I know. It's your. I don't know. It's your you time, and that's another important thing about right. Mm -hmm. Mental health. It's important to have time for yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I haven't decided yet. Um. So yeah. But I do enjoy my time at the gym. So, yeah, I don't know. I know, like, here, <laughs> like, people are still having Thanksgiving and stuff. I don't know about there. You know what? Well, I can't. We did, we did, 
our COVID-style Thanksgiving today. So if you are an American and you are listening, it is Canadian Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving! Um, but we we did it. We sat, We all sat outside. There were six of us. We were, you know, that social distance apart. We mm-hmm. did pizza. It was, you know... Use use the tongs or whatever, and take what you want. Don't put anything back. Wash your hands. Mm-hmm. It it was it was COVID Thanksgiving, and I drank all the way through it because what <laughs> the fuck else do you do, right? That's it. That's the other thing. Like, I'm sure like stocks and alcohol have gone sky high because of this. In, in the American article I read, it said that there was an increase in alcohol and. Increase in substance dependence. You know what? I can relate because I now drink on a weekly basis. <laughs> Every Saturday when I sit down with you, I have... I don't today because I've done my liver in for the day. Two is enough for me. <laughs> I sound like a lightweight. I know. I'm sorry. I I, I, cr- I tried a new lager last night. I found oh, a lager yeah? that I actually like. I'm not a huge beer person. I'm more of a cider person. I like, you know what, I do really like ciders, um, yeah. but I it depends on the beer. I don't like dark beers, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. This one was called the Crack Canoe mm. from Moosehead. It was good. Interesting. Good. Anyways, the point is, is that since, like, May, <sighs> I have found myself drinking on a more regular basis when before... I would drink once every few months. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, but I also live across from a beer store. It is a busy place. Are there still lineups outside of it? Uh, it depends. They're only doing returns, like like bottle returns on Monday and Wednesday. <laughs> then it is very busy. Oh, that's funny. Do you have any other thoughts on mental health and the coronavirus? Um, not really. Only to say that, I mean, corona, they're, they're estimating that this virus won't really be eradicated until 2024. Really? Yes. Wow, I didn't know that. That is yes. interesting. You know what? They keep promising a vaccine by the end of 2020. Not everybody's going to be vaccinated by this time next year. It's going to be 2024. So, I mean, our reality of what, what 2019 was and what 2020 has been, mm-hmm. we're not going back to 2019 anytime soon. Mm-mm. We can get close. I mean, stage three here, that's, that's close. Yeah. Not 100% is close. Yeah. But, I mean, I think just our our way of coping with this and accepting this and, you know, taking it for what it is, I think it will, the mental health challenges will continue for a very long time on this topic. I think what concerns me is I, there was... So my partner is a firefighter, um, is a vol- sorry, my partner is a volunteer firefighter um, in a small town. So basically, like, if there's, um, like, medicals, um, 
they typically respond or are back up. Um, and there were like at least three suicides in the last like month and a half. Wow. So wow. what concerns me about COVID is yes, there's mental health challenges. Yeah. Um, but it's when people feel like there is no other way out. So I think leaving it as today looks bad. Tomorrow might not look great, yeah. but just remember, you know, there's always a light. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we can post some resources for hotlines. So, because nobody wants to, because, um, I don't know what to say to that. (laughs) Well, I mean, you're right though. You're, you're so right because, I mean, we talked about how everything was tied, right? Everything is tied to mental health and it's all symbiotic. Well, yeah. the economy is just as important mm-hmm. to that symbiotic nature, and especially small businesses, right? And yeah. people losing jobs. And it's huge, especially say it's a small business owner and they're just like, oh my God, I can't pay my guys. And then they're like, what the fuck do I do? And yeah. it's just like, okay, well, then they feel no other way out and, you know, depression and anxiety and all of this stuff. And it's, it's, it's really, really a sad time for some people. And, you know, I think we need to remove the stigma. And so we're thinking of everybody out there. And I think this was a really good episode. I, <laughs> I think, think it, we, yeah. we covered a lot of stuff. Check out um, wherever you're watching for uh, the numbers. Um, so if you are having any thoughts or, um, if you know of anybody is just feeling, feeling down, make sure that you pass on the numbers. Um, other than that, we are really excited to be back with season two of Saturday Night Convos. Um, I hope that you guys can hear me because I feel like I am flying, um, Boeing 347. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, we will be landing soon. Um, Reagan, do you have any other thoughts? Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> we can hear you loud and clear, Captain. <laughs> Coming in for landing. Oh my God. Um, Anyways, thank you guys so much for joining joining us this week. Um, you can check us out on Instagram. You can check us out on Twitter. You can find us on all the major streaming platforms. If you know people who are struggling with this topic of mental health, because let's be honest, we're, we're all experiencing this. You know, so often we feel like we are alone in our boat and like nobody can understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a cruddy time, and it's a not-so-great thing to experience, you know, anxiety, depression, whatever else that you're going through, but know that you are not alone. Exactly. 
you're not the only one in your boat. There are people next door to you, down the street, in your job, at your school, across the world that are experiencing the exact same things you are. So if you know somebody that just needs some encouragement or to know that they aren't alone, share this episode with them. Pass this along. Because, I mean, if we can help one person, then that's great. Really, the best thing to do is just, if somebody doesn't look right, is to just to ask and then share a number for a hotline. Because if somebody is looking like they're not doing well, typically go with your gut feeling. Yeah. And if you have any comments or questions about what you've heard today, you can, um, again, you can hit us up on Instagram, but you can also email us at SaturdayNightConvos at gmail.com. Um, and we would love to chat with you about whatever might be on your mind. All right, guys. Have a great night.